a huge Tuesday news dump for the Missouri Tigers as Brady Cook is your starting quarterback. Connor Basilak is out of the game and Tyler Beatty also not going to play. Well, this really goes against what the Tigers have been saying and why I feel like this is yet another middle finger to college football fans. Plus, why I think amateurism is actually elitism. All this and more coming up now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you all so much. I just got a year-end letter from the Locked On Podcasting Network letting me know that Locked On Mizzou, one of the top five fastest-growing college shows on this network, along with Bama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Iowa rounding out the top six, in fact, there. Well, I'll tell you what, Missouri obviously had by far the most disappointing season, least notable football season out of all those squads, and the basketball season hasn't done a lot to help me so far either. So you know what? From the bottom of my heart here on Christmas week, thank you all so much for making this your first listen every day. And, of course, Locked on Mizzou is free and available on all platforms. And for about the last 24 hours or so, a rumor had been circulating on the Mizzou Twitterverse that Tyler Beatty, despite the fact that he was down in Fort Worth and practicing with the, with the Tigers, would not play in the Armed Forces Bowl. And well, just this morning we did get confirmation from Eli Drinkwitz that that is indeed the case. And you know what? First of all, I just want to say and reiterate, because I've said this already, Tyler Beatty doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe Mizzou fans anything. As far as I'm concerned, he left it all on the field for the Tigers during the regular season. So for that guy to sit out this game, I'm fine with it. I really am. But for the Tigers as a team to promote, and that's the key word here, promote the fact that Beatty was going to play this game for the last couple weeks, well, that just doesn't sit very well with me, quite honestly. And I, I just can't help but think about the diehard Mizzou fan who maybe even in the last week or so decided to make the drive down to Fort Worth, maybe take a quick plane trip down to Fort Worth for, from Columbia for this ball game, drop down some money on tickets and hotel eateries, all that good stuff, only to learn that not only is Tyler Beatty not going to play, but lots of other significant Missouri Tigers are sitting this game out with quote-unquote injury, I suppose. Again, I, I'm questioning some of these injuries here because Martez Manuel, for all I know, has been healthy all season, and yet another significant player that's going to be sitting out this bowl game, along with tight end Nico Hay, offensive lineman Zeke Powell, and also Bobby Lawrence, and also Akeel Byers on the offensive line. All of these guys, plus, as I mentioned in my tease, yes, former starting quarterback Connor Bazelak not going to play as well. So if you're a Missouri fan and you're saying, hey, 
Are we just running the B team out here for this ball game? Is this game supposed to mean something to me as a Missouri fan now? Because this is something that's been bothering me about college sports for a long, long time now. For at least the last 10 years, since Missouri's entered the Southeastern Conference, I've just noticed that basically the entire argument about how we should structure college athletics is about, well, the coaches make a bunch of money and the administration makes a bunch of money, so therefore the players should make a bunch of money too. But you notice what's not in that equation, and that's the fans, which is, in fact, the reason why there is this much money floating around in the first place. Because let's face it, you go back 100-plus years to the beginning of college football, there wasn't a lot of interest. It was just a bunch of rich white guys at Harvard and Yale and elite institutions like that that were playing a mostly unknown and unplayed sport called American college football at the time. But obviously, as the years went along, as more and more people started going to college, whether it was opened up by the GI Bill, obviously more women started going to college, obviously more black Americans started attending traditionally white colleges that played college football, and guess what? All of a sudden, you have way more interest in what was a niche sport back in the day. Now, of course, the last few decades, college football is a national pastime, especially, obviously, in the South, in Big Ten, Big 12 country, but really throughout the entire country. Maybe less so, ironically, in New England and in the Northeast, where Harvard and Yale and this sport first started. But my point is, obviously, this has become something that it was never really originally intended to be. You see, amateurism at the time, going back to these early days, it was all about, hey, well, we're, we're playing for the purity of the game and all those professional athletes, well, they're just below us. You see, we play, we, we play for nothing. We play for the purity of the game. Well, that's easy to say when you're, again, you're a Harvard, Yale, elite type American person. But if you actually need a few dollars to rub together, yeah, you're going to more likely play professional sports then. Excuse me. So to me, this idea that, oh, Gene Chizik, great example, former Auburn coach Gene Chizik tweeted out something that I just found to be absolutely hilariously hypocritical. Talking about how Texas is giving, basically, some na- some name, image, and likeness fund is now set up to where all their offensive linemen are going to get $50,000 a year if they're on scholarship. Well, here's what Gene Chizik had to say. He said every scholarship offensive lineman at Texas will get $50,000, not to mention the $200,000 education. Americans struggle finding $50,000 jobs to feed their children. Next, it's $100,000 a player with no insight. Flawed system. Most money wins. Again, as opposed to what? The system of the last few decades or so where the teams with the least amount of money, those are the ones who are dominating college football. Because it sure seems to me that Alabama and LSU and Notre Dame and Texas and all these different blue blood programs, in fact, yes, they do have the most money. It just goes into different areas of the program like, say, a fancy water fountain for the weight training facility instead of going into the players' pockets. 
And you'll have to excuse me if I'll point out to Gene Chizik that 99% of people who play college football, well, they're Americans as well. And most of them aren't rich. So you know what, Gene? If they get $50,000 a year, I'm not losing a lot of sleep over that. I'm really not. So to me, this idea that, oh, well, hey, this rush for a salary cap now in name, image, and likeness. Some people are saying, oh, we got to cap it. You can't have more than 50 grand or more than 100 grand. Whatever the cap might be, even if it's a team wide cap, well, guess what you're immediately creating? You're creating another opportunity for people who are willing to skirt the rules at traditionally SEC schools. Let's be honest. I'm kidding, folks. It does just mean more. But really, the people who are willing to skirt the rules, guess what? You've just given them a giant golden opportunity. And now that I've gone over, perhaps in painstaking detail, my opinions about what this means, just discounting bowl games completely, because that's what we've done. Other than the big playoff games and maybe some of the upper echelon bowls, well, we're, we're now telling everybody, especially the fans, that these games are absolutely meaningless, right? That's what we're signaling. But you know what? Putting that aside, let's actually say what this does mean on the field tomorrow for Missouri. But first, you know what? Close your eyes for a second and picture something. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your small business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes, close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Once again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. So again, if maybe if you as a Missouri fan, if you knew that Tyler Beatty, Martez Manuel, and among others weren't going to play in this ball game, if maybe that would have affected your decision to travel to Fort Worth, well, guess what? Eli Drinkwitz really, truly does not care. That much is very obvious. And I got to be honest, for him to just, again, put a slight middle finger in the air to the fans and listen, I get it. In the big picture, it's not that big of a deal. If you and I, the diehard fans, are a little bit disappointed, well, guess what? I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be back at Furrow Field next year regardless. There's virtually nothing in the world that's going to keep me away from that stadium. But the amount of people that are saying that, well, the longer you start putting a middle finger in, your, in their face, eventually they are going to find something else to do. i got to be honest. And again, while ultimately it's not that big of a deal, 
what's the upside? That's my main question. Why did Missouri clearly mislead its fans and the media about Tyler Beatty's availability for this game for a couple weeks? Why did they promote the fact that Tyler was going to play? Was this just a fool army? Because if so, that's a pretty low reward, in my opinion. Because think about what Missouri's going to do tomorrow. Apparently, Dawson Downing is going to be your starter at running back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll see some of Mike Cox and some of the freshman running backs as well. But I'm guessing your run scheme isn't going to look a whole lot different than what Missouri showed in all of 2021. In just a few practices here over maybe two and a half weeks, not enough time to put in some entirely new run scheme. So I guess the upside is, aha, take that, Black Knights. We forced you to waste some time scouting and mimicking Tyler Beatty's screen game and and wheel routes down the field, I suppose. Okay, congratulations, I guess. Again, Obviously, no one cares about the fans, so to heck with us, right? We don't matter. We're just big, fat bags of money that you extract from every once in a while. And for years, I really felt like that was the case in college athletics, and it basically worked for them. I mean, no better example than Mizzou Arena, right? Nobody cared back then about the fans, whether they wanted to be moved around the stadium, whether they wanted club access and all this nonsense. It was just all about extracting more revenue, again, in a supposedly amateur sport. But I digress. I keep getting... As you can tell, I meant to talk more about specifically about the Army game on this show, but, you know, just the opt-outs here, this game, the sort of dishonest nature of how Missouri's handled it, it's got me a little bit irritated, if you can't tell. So, obviously, I keep getting I keep getting off track here a little bit. But you know what? Let's get back on track because Brady Cook, your starting quarterback for tomorrow's game now, that is official at least as official as it's going to get. Hey, can we trust anything Missouri says at this point? Well, a day before the game, I think we can trust that Brady Cook's going to play. Now, on one hand, I'm excited to see what Brady Cook can do. On the other hand, obviously, not exactly an ideal circumstance for that young man without Beatty, without some of his starting offensive linemen, including Case Cook, who's already been ruled out in this game. No surprise there. Obviously, Case has been struggling with a shoulder injury all season. But another thing to look at, at the tight end position, obviously with Nico Hay out, with Daniel Parker and Messiah Swenson already having transferred, Missouri does not have a single active tight end on the roster tomorrow with a single reception. So Ryan Horstkamp should be getting your start, I would imagine, tomorrow. The true freshman who's played in three games, he can play the fourth tomorrow without burning his red shirt. I'm just as excited to see what he can do as anybody outside of Brady Cook among the young players who should get some action tomorrow. And by the way, speaking of that tight end position, When it comes to recruiting, we might have just hit the perfect storm. Missouri has obviously done rather well with St. Louis area recruits lately, but one seemed to have got away at the tight end position. Do we have another shot? It seems like we might. So let's talk about a young man named Mac Markaway going forward. But first, I do want to tell you about prize picks 
where they make daily fantasy easy. It's not just it's not like some of the maybe bigger named DFS sites that frankly overwhelm you with options a little bit. Well, Prize Picks again makes it easy. It's just you against the projected numbers. Pick out one athlete, figure out what you think he's going to do, and bing, bada boom, you're ready to go. And hey, if you took an under on Tyler Beatty, got that one in already, congratulations to you if you had some inside information. But I'll tell you, the great thing about prize picks, again, it's so easy that entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, plus prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store. Once again, that's promo code Locked On at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. So far in his first three seasons as a head coach, including his first year at Appalachian State. Eli Drinkwitz hasn't shown a huge penchant for throwing the ball to the tight end, but perhaps that's more of a personnel thing than an actual strategic philosophy. Well, we might find out here in the next couple seasons. I would certainly like to see Missouri kick the tires once again on Mac Markway, a DeSmet tight end, 6'4", 250 pounds, had verbally committed to Florida, but then backed off after, of course, they made that coaching change involving Dan Mullen. So Mark Way, you know, a, a kid with offers from Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, every school you could possibly imagine in the SEC, a four-star player according to 24-7 sports. So obviously somebody that Missouri should be in on big time and hopefully with the exodus of tight ends at Missouri so far maybe a nice maybe a nice landing spot for Mac Markway again a reason why Missouri hardly ever stops recruiting guys even if they verbally commit until that ink has dried well you got to keep recruiting and I gosh I guess in the day of the transfer portal well you just keep recruiting everybody on your roster 24 7 365 it's certainly a new world. And you know what? Just one more final thing on the whole name, image, and likeness thing, and really more specifically, actually, about the transfer portal. And the thing about the transfer portal is certainly I think guys should have the option of transferring. I'm not I'm not for outlawing transferring. And at the same time, I think People make a good point when they say, hey, you know what, if you're a coach and you don't have to sit out a season, well, why should a player have to sit out a full season if they decide to transfer? Okay, I can see that. I can see the the logic there for sure. But of course, I do think that a lot of college football fans would have to admit that there are some unintended consequences here of just a lot more transferring than you might have expected. And again, just the idea that you have to constantly re-recruit guys on your own roster. I don't know this is exactly the world that we want to live in. But again, I'm all for individual choice. I'm all for guys having individual power. So to me, the thing that's sort of lost here is the other side of the trade, if you will. For instance, if you're a Texas offensive lineman who's getting $50,000 a year, well, that's all well and good. But what if you decide to transfer? in the middle of the semester, at the end of the season, whatever it might be. 
well, I assume you're going to for obviously you'll be foregoing any future fifty thousand dollars. But I've just got to think in the future if these big time donors, whatever they are, if they're they're throwing out tens of thousands of dollars, perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars, well, they're going to want some kind of assurance on the other side that hey, guess what? You're going to be here for at least two years, or maybe three or four years. It's going to become even more like professional sports, in my opinion, where there's going to be actual contract negotiations here. And as odious and weird as that might sound to people who are, again, turned off by the idea of amateur athletics becoming more pro-like, well, I actually think this is actually a good thing because, again, if there's an other side of the trade, if the guys who are getting $50,000, if they have to give up a little something too – If they agree that, okay, if I transfer, I'll sit out a year, that's one thing. It's another thing when sort of the central organization of the NCAA makes these top-down rules and says, well, everybody has to sit out a year unless we give you these very spurious waivers, and that creates a whole other set of problems, in my opinion. To me, a possible solution to this And there's always going to be unintended consequences to all these changes, for sure. But to me, if you're going to get a little bit more balance back here in terms of the transfer portal, I think there has to be real, genuine agreement on both sides. So if I'm going to give you a bunch of money, well, maybe you have to actually agree to stay at my institution for X amount of years, or there needs to be some kind of consequence if you back out of our agreement. I think that's where we're heading in the future. I really do. So once again, thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. I know this has been a little bit different of a show than I'd originally planned, but hey, guess what? When you have massive news like we had here in the last few hours, you got to adjust. That's what we do here on Locked on Mizzou. And certainly on tomorrow's show, I'll delve more deeply into the Army Black Knights and also the Fighting Illini basketball team as well. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. So until next time, I am John Miller and this has been Locked on Mizzou.